five o'clock. You're listening to Beyond the Headline with me, Aldrin Simpier, with a special panel conversation focusing on the National Lotteries Commission and also the work that's been done by the National Lotteries Commission. It's various stakeholders, but also trying to find a way of how is it that the National Lotteries Commission can improve its relationship with the various stakeholders, including government entities. And we'll be taking your calls as well on 0614-104-107. That's the voice note line. Our studio line is 086-000-2032. And of course, you can also tweet at Aldrin Simpia. Joining me for this panel conversation is a Professor Bani Bikiana, the newly appointed NLC board chairperson. Mr. Seth Palate, who is the chairperson of Ituba, is also joining us for this conversation. And then we have Dr. Muse Kumete, who is the deputy city manager of the Eteguini municipality. Unfortunately, the mayor could not make it due to an emergency, but at least we have Dr. Musa Kumete here representing the mayor as well as representing the Eteguini municipality. Professor Bani Bikiana, let me start off the conversation with you. With you. Whew, how did you agree to take up this job? <laughs> it's, it's exactly what I was asked to come and do, to present the National Lottery uh, to the people of South Africa, to restore its integrity, and to really recover, for it to recover its mission. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's my job to spend time listening to uh, all our stakeholders, all our partners, all our beneficiaries, all our staff, in all our provinces, uh, in order for me to form a, a way in which we can move forward as a National Lotteries Commission. And, and since you've taken up this task, what for you would you say are some of the key priorities? The, the, it, let me say first of all, the, the truth of the matter is that uh, it has not helped the morale and the energy of many of the people within the organization that they have been embroiled in so much un, uh, uh, controversy that really uh, they could do without. And that's, that's to, to start off with a very honest, straightforward statement. Mm -hmm. The result, of course, is that uh, uh, in the corridors of the National Lotteries Commission, there are uh, rumblings and voices of fear and anxiety about who next and what is going to happen and all that. Um, and I find that in an organization like that, uh, it has to be ruled by fear and silence and secrecy. Yeah. So, so the first thing to do is to really restore the confidence of the staff of the commission in the work that they do and that they are appreciated and their work uh, is appreciated. And I think the second thing is to open up the National Lotteries Commission as we are required by the Act and by the Constitution to be an open, transparent, and, and accountable organization. And, and that's, that's the obvious thing that you do. And with that will come a, a, a whole uh, reversal of an institutional culture um, that people actually desire mm -hmm. um, in order for them to do their work. And um, joining me also part of this panel is um, the chairperson of Ituba, Dr. Seth Palate. Thank you so much for making time for us um, this afternoon as well. Speak to us about the functions of the national lottery operator. And sometimes people tend to confuse the two, that there is the NLC and then there is Ituba, and those are not the same institutions. 
Indeed. Thanks for that question. It is Mr. Palazzo. Palazzo, apologies. That's right. The, uh, seven years ago, the National Lottery uh, Commission issued a license to Ituba to operate the license. Now, the NLC, as known as uh, National Lottery Commission, sees to it that we um, adhere to the regulations of the license, that we operate the license as stipulated by the law. So, we are... Um, provide an access plan for, uh, for players where we manage and we make it easy for the public to purchase national uh, lottery tickets. We manage over 9,000 terminals and support seven banking institutions and 180,000 um, uh, handheld vendors. All right? We also host the, the National Lottery website wherein um, the public can then visit and play and push play <laughs> Panda. and win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but Mr. Palazzi, there's also, and, and when I speak about the confusion that some people have of Ituba vis-a-vis the NLC as well, is that because of some of um, the reportage on the NLC, the allegations of corruption and so forth, how that then also has an impact on how people perceive the work that you do when it comes to the lottery as a game that is being played. Because even there, there is that requirement of transparency and also that the reputation of Ituba is also at stake. Yeah, I think it, it was a great uh, decision that the NLC chairperson decided to go on a roadshow in order to clarify the, the, the functions, to clarify what's expected of each party. It, and that's why when, invited, when we were invited, we decided to join because we work together in order to generate um, the wealth for the needy organizations or yep. needy people of this country. Yep. So we welcome the roadshow that the, the, the NRC chairman has undertaken and we support it wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Dr. Kumete, then speak to us about where um, an institution like Eteguini Municipality, which of course is at the cold face of service delivery, would work with stakeholders such as the NLC. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, Eteguini, as a local sphere of government, uh, is the closest sphere to the people. Uh, and uh, there are expectations from the people uh, that we will be able to deliver services uh, that uh, are required on a daily basis. There are also expectations that we would deliver some of the, uh, their needs, like uh, housing, uh, and when there are disasters, there are needs that would be able to respond uh, to infrastructure that is damaged uh, during that period. Obviously, people of Eteguini have talent as well, uh, and therefore they want also to spread their talent, and sometimes our resources are not able to assist all of them uh, to meet uh, their, their expectations. So an organization like the NLC uh, with its broad mandate, uh, is able to bridge the gap uh, either uh, to assist those in need uh, with talent 
or to assist when we are short on resources to fix when there's been a disaster, or to be our partner on a daily basis mm. uh, to shock us uh, in order to spread the cake and be able to reach all areas of the city. So we would appreciate a relationship uh, with an NLC, even Ituba, if possible, to, to assist in those areas. Yeah, and, and when those funds, because we're actually having a, a conversation, and um, Dr. Bignan, I'd love to hear your take on this as well, just after Dr. Kumeto, um, is that when, when, when the funds are dispersed, let's say to any organization, how do you ensure that those funds are actually used for what their intended purpose was in the first, in the first instance when the application was made and the application was approved? Uh, our experience at the moment uh, has been during the floods uh, where we had um, partnerships with uh, organizations similar to the NLC uh, who came with conditions uh, of areas of interest where they would like their funds to be used and what we then did was to facilitate where we go to communities we identify people with those needs and then we uh, look at the conditions of the funder and we match them with uh, the requirements of, of the those in need and then we met, the two are then uh, uh, put together and the fund then through either directly to those in need would then um, uh, use our process to identify the recipients. Mm -hmm. And the funds will go directly to the recipients. That's one model we've used in the past. Uh, another model, obviously, is to co-partner. And we put in something and they put something else uh, yeah. to top up. So whichever model we agree on, it's usually uh, directed by what the MFMA uh, uh, stipulates we can do. Uh, if it's within the MFMA and we're able to partner, we then partner. Mm -hmm. So those are the uh, ways we've used uh, such funds in the past. Uh, there was a, a facility in the past where we had funding and uh, through the lottery we're able to put a top up in order to complete it. Uh, during these uh, funds, uh, uh, floods, uh, uh, we were approached for a certain number of houses, housing units that were going to be built through Ituba. So such could happen on a bigger scale uh, yeah. if there's a partnership. Professor Pekiana? Thank you very much, Aldrin. Thank you, Dr. Kumede, for, for, for that response. But if you will allow me, let me just say that one of the amazing things that you get by getting out of the office, out of the boardroom, which we have done, to actually go visit and see the places where the funding of, of Lotto goes. Mm -hmm. and, and you find the amazing generosity or spirit that people who work on the ground. So we, we spent two days now visiting the projects that have been funded by, <clears throat> by, by uh, Lotto and, and the, the generosity, uh, you know, children with disabilities, schooling for them, what, what um, the lottery provided them for. A, a comprehensive uh, project that takes, uh, works with communities <clears throat> and provides food for children who are hungry and starving. It works with communities to identify the old people, the elderly people who have no food to eat. Yeah. Works with communities to develop uh, the garden so that people can, can produce their own food. 
So, so uh, to, for people to devote themselves to that extent is absolutely awe-inspiring. Yeah. What, what happens, though, in terms of application? There are two forms, as you might know. The first one is that um, organizations that have been recognized by the Social Development Department as uh, non-profit organizations um, <clears throat> and who can, who, who can produce uh, financial records of the last two years or so can apply under various headings uh, whether it's culture or it's uh, charities, miscellaneous, uh, heritage, etc. And each of those uh, applications are actually um, uh, considered by a, an, an agency, distributing agent, group of people who are uh, informed by that particular, about that particular uh, uh, charity, and they determine whether this particular application is successful or not. In general, the distribution agencies determine who and where the money goes. Mm -hmm. The board uh, and the staff actually do not determine that. The second thing uh, that we have, this has got a lot of problems that has produced just now, has been the proactive funding which the Act in 2015 provided uh, an avenue um, Dr. Gomeda has mentioned about crisis situations, immediate situations that need to be funded without having to go on through the route of applications. Yeah. Um, but, but as far as we can tell, none of the problems have surfaced in the relation to those cases where people actually applied, except where money has been intercepted uh, by some means and the, the agency has been hijacked. The NPO has been hijacked by some people for their own needs. The NPO being hijacked after the money has been, has been dispersed or the after NPO the being, money, being the money hijacked during the application? Does, no, after the money was hijacked. We don't know, actually. We think that they may be involved in the application, often not. Uh, but, but where the hijacking takes place is where the money is sent to a, a, an account then it gets diverted from there to another mm. account. Uh, <clears throat> that is what has happened. The banks, fortunately, are now being alerted to that uh, difficult problem. But overall, the difficulties have not surfaced where the people on the ground are actually working to alleviate the suffering of people. Yeah. And um, Mr. Palazzi, then looking at some of the work that um, Ituba is doing as um, the third license operator, um, of the South African National Lottery and Sports Pools. Tell us about that journey. Yeah, we were, we were of, um, awarded uh, the license in 20, June 2015. And since 2015, Ituba has contributed over 9.9 .9 billion to the National Lottery Distribution Fund. But we did not stop there. We did not say because the, 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 the law demands that we do that. We have our corporate social investment. We have the fact that we are a responsible um, uh, company in this country and there are needy organizations that would need help over and above what we are supposed to do by law. It is for that reason that um, this year we'll be uh, handing over 15 houses to needy uh, to needy uh, families, mainly KZN, as a result of the disaster that happened. 
And I must also state that it's not just houses, it's house habitable yeah. houses that would have all the necessities that you'd require as a family and with water um, supplied and also um, given what we're going through, a solar system in this water in order to make a better living for people of South Africa. I guess it's about also in, uh, investing in innovation. Let's quickly take some of your voice notes on 0614-104-107. Hi, good afternoon, Adrian. It's Isaac here. Um, yeah, to your guest there, Mr. Banipitian, uh, Professor Banipitian, what will happen to those people who used to work there in lottery um, uh, thing, they, they, who stole money from your company, from the national company, as I think Lotto is for public, you know, uh, what would you guys uh, do to them? Like, will you attach their houses or will you wait for the court first to decide on our behalf? Because I assume, I mean, whatever they fund, they still, it's uh, the, for public use. So what would you guys do to them? Uh, for example, you guys uh, fund somebody to uh, to build, I mean, instead of the community uh, library and so on and so forth. But instead, they take the money in their own use. What would you guys do to them? Thank you very much. Hi, good afternoon, Alderman. This is John from Pretoria. Please, could you ask your guest if the previous directors and people in charge are going to be criminally charged with uh, all of their fraudulent and corrupt activities, please. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, it is now half past five, so what we'll do is once we come back after um, business, we will give an opportunity to Professor Bani Pigana to respond to some of those questions. Remember that we're also taking your calls on 086-000-2032, and also love to hear from organizations that have benefited from uh, the NLC as well and some of the work that you have done um, with the NLC. We'd love to hear those anecdotes as well. Please do share those with us. We'll be taking your calls as well as your voice notes after my web conversations that you connect with and react to SAFM we're still coming live from Durban as the NLC is going on a should we call it a national tour crisscrossing the country um, on various issues in relation to the NLC as well as the mandate of um, the NLC and also engaging with various stakeholders around how do we improve the NLC and how do we ensure that the NLC actually lives up to that mandate but also the question that just came through now those two voice notes Professor Bani Bikiana the chairperson of the NLC is around accountability and more specifically speaking about people who have worked for the NLC, your predecessor for instance, um, the former CEO of the NLC as well, who are currently being investigated. Thank you very much for those questions, uh, Aldrin. Uh, the, I think South Africa needs to know that the SIU, by proclamation by the president, has been investigating these matters at the, at the NLC for the last three years, I think. And they've reached a point now where they're getting another mandate to extend the mandate that they already have. And they have already attached or, or applied for preservation of certain properties. Um, and they will, uh, the Hawks are also involved. We expect that there will be people who are charged and appear in court uh, for, for corruption. You can be assured that there will be also orders 
um, uh, to, to, to preserve and to, to claim back the, <clears throat> the monies that have been taken that belong to the poor people of our country. That is ongoing. But alongside that, the, N the NLC has a, a whistleblower hotline in operation. I've been absolutely amazed at the number of reports that we've been getting through that hotline. And every issue that comes is being investigated and action is being taken. A number of senior executives, as we speak, have been put on suspension and disciplinary actions will follow. So, so there is a, a lot of activity that is taking place uh, at the moment in that regard. But what I really want to think, to say is important. While those things happen and are in the hands of competent law enforcement agencies, the National Lottery has to continue to do its work. It has to continue to provide for the people who are needy, and the and Ituba week by week gives money to the National Lottery's Distribution Trust Fund, and that fund has to distribute those, those monies to the people who deserve every week, indeed, regularly. So that work is continuing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just quickly want to go back on the issue relating to the SIU. Um, when a Terry Petro says, for instance, that they would be cooperating with the investigation, is it cooperating with the investigation being done by the SIU or is it cooperating with the NLC itself? The NLC doesn't have the mechanism to, to investigate. It hasn't got the power, for example, that the SIU and the Hawks have. It cannot attach anything, cannot oblige anybody to give a statement if they don't want. It can't do that. It can only uh, do disciplinary processes uh, within the organization. Mm -hmm. So the SIU has got a, a more power and a greater reach and has got the power of the state behind it as a law enforcement agencies. But those um, within the organization that have now been suspended, the normal disciplinary processes in terms of the Labor Relations Act will, will follow. And, and, and those are people who are in the system at the moment. Yeah. Um, and and from, we have reports, generally from whistleblowers, uh, of the wrongdoing that they have done. The normal causes of disciplinary actions will follow. And then there are the participants of the lottery, um, Mr. Palate. And what mechanisms are you putting in place there to protect them? Well, remember, we provide uh, the marketing support. We drive jackpot awareness and winner announcement, which creates a lot of hype and excitement. The winner payout to ensure all we, we, um, tickets that are validated and we make sure that we pay the right people the right amount of money. Changing winners' lives, especially since uh, Ituba took over operations in South Africa, there's been over 448 multimillionaire winners and the number just say, that, just, just say that number again. 448 multimillionaires winners. 448 multimillionaires winners. And the number keeps on growing. Yeah. And I can particularly mention KZN here, which is an important uh, uh, province. This year, we've already had three big multimillion winners, uh, um, winners including the highest Powerball. Uh, jackpot winner for 2022, who bought their ticket from Super Spy in Balito and won 167 yeah. million. 
And then in February, I mean February this year, recently we had a Powerball Plus winner who won 74 million on the 15th of November. Another winner from Pine Town walked away with over 4.6 million on Lotto Plus in July this year. Yeah. How then, um, Mr. Palazzi, because you know we watched that show, How, How I Blew It. And I wonder what conversation or mechanisms perhaps the Ituba does put in place, if anything at all, to yeah. say that because sometimes winning a lot of money does really shock the system, um, when it comes to financial literacy, to say that actually this is how you can go about it because this is wealth that you can actually preserve. Yeah. Over and above uh, what the license expects us to do, Whenever we have a, a winner of this nature, we invite them to the office. We invite them to uh, Ituba head, headquarters where we will offer financial advices, we'll offer social, we'll offer legal on how to invest your money, all right? But it depends on the winner. Some says, let me have my money. I don't have time. Give me my money. But then he has to accept that he has refused help from us. And by so doing, we'd like to create responsible winners where uh, we'll advise on investments, we'll advise on how to use that money rather than uh, squander that money. And that's the responsibility that we, we do. And we feel that uh, um, people, and we encourage people to take on that offer that we make to them in order to provide advices in yeah. on how to invest that money. Because otherwise you become a star on I Blew It, whereas you could have preserved all of them. But I'm sure there are a lot of people who are actually able to preserve the well, world. Well, there's a lot, but we cannot. Yeah. Uh, well, I cannot tell you who and how many because there's confidentiality. I totally understand that. You understand? You've got you to some... protect a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> there are some that would say, no, I want to go on the media and all that. We'll allow them to. Yeah. But some people would say, no. It's my private matter, and I'd like it to be treated that way, and we have to respect that. Certainly. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kumeta, going forward, looking into the future, what other assistance do you think, and looking at the relationship that you have with the NLC as well as Ituba, um, that can help bolster that relationship going further? Um, Eteguini uh, offers a lot of opportunities uh, for Ituba and for NLC uh, to fulfill their mandates. Um, we also have uh, a lot of responsibilities that uh, uh, face us. And at times, uh, the funding can only go so far. So partnerships are necessary in order, uh, one, to extend the services that we need to extend to people. Uh, but also, uh, we have uh, just gone through uh, traumatic experiences and there are still people that uh, require assistance. Uh, as an immediate uh, intervention, I uh, would I welcome any mm -hmm. intervention in those areas uh, where some have gone through floods, some have gone through uh, looting, um, and, and many other, you know, COVID as well. So these are areas which have put even people who before those incidents happened were fine. Uh, some can no longer uh, you know, take, uh, go forward uh, with their lives. So an intervention in yeah. those areas uh, would be welcome. Obviously, we are a tourist city. 
we host a lot of events as well. So that's another space where partnerships are necessary uh, in order to make sure that we grow the economy of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got lots of uh, attractions which uh, sometimes require someone to host something in order to attract people to invest in the city. So there's that element as well. Yeah. Obviously, we also have conservation and other areas where which could align with the Tuba's mandates yeah. or with NLC's mandates. Okay, your voice note 0614-104-107 as we wrap up the conversation and also we'll hear from uh, Professor Bani Pigan about the preparations for the fourth license at the regulatory level. Done by the SRU or the cooperating with the NLC? It's I don't know. Ask your question. Why is it only that one number, one guy, when win the jackpot number? Why doesn't they split that jackpot for more people to change more people's lives in these hard times? Uh, Mr. Palazzo, your response to that, um, share the wealth, essentially. <laughs> That's not how gaming works. Maybe gambling works that way. Now, this is gaming that we are involved in, which then, at the end, at the end of the day, does not necessarily uh, benefit the winner, but also the deserving um, beneficiaries in the, in the communities that we uh, operate in. But, look... We operate through the guidance of National Lottery Commission, yes. which has certain guidelines that we have to follow, and we, st we keep to that. Okay. Professor Bikana, in closing, looking at uh, the preparations for the fourth license uh, at the regulatory level. In 2015, we had... Um, at the th in, in 2015, we had the third license that was granted to Ituba. And that license is due to expire. It's an eight-year license. It's due to expire in 2023 uh, at the end of May. Uh, this year, Ituba was uh, granted an extension of that license uh, by two years, which the Act uh, allows. And that was really in, uh, uh, caused by uh, a need to stabilize the National Lotteries Commission and, uh, in order to be able to move forward. Um, and from the 1st of February next year, the minister will publish a request for proposals uh, from anyone who wishes to apply to be the operator of the next license, Ituba included. And, and the process for that will drag up to the point where uh, two years later, by May 2025, we expect that a new license operator will begin operations. So beginning February uh, 2023 until May 2025, uh, we will actually were in the process of, of, of appointing a new fourth license operator. Well, and we look forward to that journey as well. Thank you so much to my guests this evening, and thank you so much for choosing SAFM BTH um, this afternoon. Uh, my guest this evening was Professor Bani Pigana, the NLC Board Chairperson, Mr. Seth Palaze, Ituba Chairperson, and also Dr. Musa Kumete, 
who is the Deputy City Manager here at the Etegwini Municipality. Thank you once again for choosing SAFM BTH with me, Aldrin Simpier. Today we're playing out with Sona Jabet Gaira, and our parting shot is from John D. Rockefeller, who once said, don't be afraid to give up to the good to go, to go for the great. And 